Hey, hey everyone, it's Tori Townley with Servolution. On behalf of Pastor Dino Rizzo and our whole team, we want to welcome you to the Serve Brew. So grab your favorite mug and join us for a virtual coffee break with some of the raddest outreach leaders on the planet. We'll get to hear about their stories, their communities, gain fresh wisdom, insight, and practical tools to help us serve the people in our city with the love of Jesus every single day. So grab your coffee, your notebook, and hit play. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Serve Brew. It's Tori Townley. I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are in the world. Um, I am so excited because today, like I'm seriously fangirling a little bit. We're getting coffee with Pastor Michael. Let me, I meant to ask you how to say your name. Corbusiero? Did I say it right? Close. Corbusiero. Corbusiero. You don't say the I. Dang it. That was one of my prep questions. Corbusero from Red Rocks Church in Colorado, like huge, big deal. You guys have seen them. Like I cannot, I have to hold myself back from the weekly outreach highlights. I'm like they can only have one a week. They cannot have three or four. That Those are prime spots because <laughs> there's so many creative things, amazing stuff going on. So thank you, Pastor Michael, for being on today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here. And don't worry about the last name. Um, it's just actually something I just recently changed. And so people are trying to figure out, they're like, how do I pronounce it? And it's my, uh, my mom's side of my family that's Italian. So um, um, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Well, my maiden name is German. It's Oler King. And that is just like, don't even try. So <laughs> I get it. That's cool. But oh my gosh, like I said, I'm so excited to have you guys on or have you on sharing about Red Rocks and all y'all are doing. I have to say during COVID, like probably a month in when it first hit, outreach was crazy. The world was crazy. I was just like, my job at Servolution is collecting ideas and figuring out like, what is the beauty in the world? How can we inspire each other? And I had gone through a moment of just being drained. Like this is hard. And you guys put out this video as a highlight reel of just like a thousand acts of kindness that was going on. And it was set to the song, The Blessing that had just come out. And I tell you that moment, I sobbed in my driveway watching that video of just like, this is why I do what I do. This is why we are the body of Christ. We are here to make a difference. And that's what you guys live out every day. Just that, I know it's not a highlight reel every day, but when I see y'all stuff, it's like, dang, that's what we're here for. So I just honor you guys for that. That that personally made a difference for me. So. Oh, thank you. No, I appreciate it. I love that video. It's, it's just uh, during COVID, right? Like so many people were trying to figure out what to do and unmotivated to do a whole lot of things. And so I kind of made that stance of, hey, we're going to keep pushing forward and the gospel doesn't stop just because we have COVID. And, and so that's a byproduct of that, but thankful to be a part of it. Definitely, definitely impacted a lot of people. So thank you for that heart. And okay, I want to jump into your beautiful, amazing heart and vision, but we always, we have a tradition. We have to ask you when you go to Starbucks, what's your order? What you getting? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm actually a little bit unique when it comes to Starbucks. Um, so I actually do mushroom coffee in the morning. Um, so if you've heard of like Four Sigmatic or something like that. So I'm not a huge Starbucks drinker, um, but when I do, I'm kind of one of those people that goes in and I'm kind of like eye candy. I see the seasonal drinks and I'm like, I'm here. Might as well try something different. It's usually something with way too much sugar for my own good. Um, and I'm like halfway in and just like having a huge sugar high. But 
Um, I am a big mushroom coffee drinker, so a little bit unique, but I had to share that. <laughs> Colorado. Oh, come on. Yes. Fort Sigmatic is the best though. I have had it and it's it's wonderful. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. I know you have a little like uh, protein powder is a creamer in there. It's a great way to start the day. So good. It's <laughs> way better than regular Starbucks. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad I know this. Good reminder. <laughs> okay, real quick, tell us a little about you. Like personally, what's your life, your family, your brief testimony, and how you got where you are. Yes. Um, gosh, where to start? So um, I grew up um, not going to church at all. I was raised Roman Catholic. We were kind of Christmas Easter family. Um, I hated going to church. I was like, mom, I'll do the rosary. I'll watch the Passion of the Christ. Like, don't make me go to church. Hated it. Um, and really like built a ton of idols in my life um, based on school or sports or relationships. Um, just was always built around, you know, what can the world offer me? Um, and being younger, right, you kind of don't have a reason to because everything in your life seems to be going well, externally at least, um, internally not so much. And so um, I actually um, found Red Rocks in 2010 um, when I was um, attending uh, Colorado School of Mines for Engineering. Um, so for those who don't know, I have an engineering background um, in chemical and biochemical engineering. And my freshman year, a friend was like, hey, I heard the band, the Frey is going to be playing at this church. Why don't you come? And I was like, well, I love the Frey back then. Um, How to Save a Life was like one of my favorite songs. Had them on my iPod shuffle or whatever that was and, and showed up to church and was like, what in the world is happening right now? Um, I'm used to like not this experience um, growing up in church. And so that kind of actually planted a seed um, for me in my life, um, over those next two years, I went through like getting all those idols ripped out of my life. So I was in a relationship for two years. They got, you know, we broke up. I had, um, been running in college collegiately, um, and ended up basically not being able to walk for two years, um, going through some reconstructive hip surgeries, um, lost like half my hip capsule and quad and a whole nother story for another day, but kind of got to the end of myself, right. Where it was like, I had all these things. Um, and then what happens? And so I made that decision of like, well, if I'm going to sit here in this depression, this mess, um, why don't I give Christ a chance? Um, what would it look like to start fighting for my life? And so I showed it back up at Red Rocks 2012-ish right around there. And um, the rest has been history. So um, kept getting involved, um, met my wife at church um, in 2014, but we didn't start dating until 2017 after going through crazy set of circumstances and um, kind of our own spiritual journeys um, and then actually ended up graduating from Colorado School of Mines and Engineering, was working in consulting and always had this plan to get into medicine. So I was like on this route, it's my plan still, forget about it. Um, and then that's when um, Doug, our, one of our teaching pastors who oversees our Austin campus, um, was like, hey, why don't we grab some lunch? Um, I'd love to order some coffee and, and met. And, and he was like, I think you'd be great for this internship program thing. Um, and I was like, no way, I wouldn't do it, not in a million years. And he also thought that I'd be great with our group's ministry. And so I was like, nope, wouldn't do that. It's the last thing I would do out of everything at Red Rocks. And um, sure enough, over that year, I applied to be an intern because I was like, I'll just be obedient to what God has for me, see what happens. Um, and got the internship, but didn't feel like I had um, just any sign from God. I was like, I need like this blinking red light. Um, because for me, like, you know, I just got into, you know, my doctorate program at um, Anschutz, our medical school out here, and was really proud of, of my year of completion of that first year program. Um, 
And at the end of that, um, never really felt like I got assigned. So I said, hey, I'm not doing this internship. I'm going to move forward. Um, and then two days later, show up at Red Conference and um, one of our young adult conferences. And sure enough, as God is, he just wrecks me. I'm sitting in the back. I don't remember anything. I just started, you know, bawling my eyes out. And I'm, you know, I'm justifying it. Like, you know, I'm probably tired. You know, this isn't what I should be doing. And they do an altar call. So I'm like, okay, I'll go up there. I'll do whatever, do the thing. And um, God met me in that space. And um, I was going up and, and one of our, um, this male had come around the side that wasn't supposed to be there that night, as far as I believe. And it was our teaching, our main pastor, Sean uh, Johnson. And so he starts praying for me. Snots everywhere at this point. You know, I'm just like, I don't know, God, what am I doing with my life? And I feel like I'm supposed to do this thing. And he said something super profound to me that was, you know, just super simple, but um, just you'll never regret being obedient to what God has for you. And so I took a jump, um, took that leap of faith and um, called my school, told them I'm not coming back. And they were like, it sounds like you're making a very rational decision. Maybe you should think about this. And I was like, yes, it's irrational. It's God. Um, and so I kind of jumped into ministry full heartedly, open handedly, kind of like, I have no idea what's going on, um, but I'm going to trust you. And um, yeah, over the years, got married um, to my wife. We've been married just over a year. So we were COVID wedding. Um, don't have any kids. I want a Bernice Mountain Dog but trying to convince her of that. Um, so we'll see if she's up for it. The hair is the thing. So I was like, I'll buy like two Roombas if we get a Bernice Mountain Dog. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. So yeah, that's a little bit about me, um, but just loved hanging out, you know, in Colorado, we have such a great outdoor scene out here to get out and, and do all sorts of things and continue to serve the church and do it in community. Oh my gosh. That was like, I hate asking the question, share your brief testimony because that was Pandora's box. It's like, wait, yes. so much to unpack, but thank you for just giving that snapshot because I think it helps people be like, we fall in love with people's stories and like who you are and what you bring to the table. And we see the fruit of your work, but to know like the person behind it and like how you got there and what it took, like the sacrifices and the faith that it took for you to be there is just so huge. Like pastor Sean had no idea when he was like, just do what God says. Like that's actually really hard, a lot harder than you might know, sir. But we're so glad that you, you followed that because you are a gift. Like just from the short conversations I've had with you, like you are such a gift, the way that God wired your mind and the experiences that you've had and the heart that you have, like, thank you for showing up for this community and for pouring into not just your community in Colorado, but like outreach people and the church at large like that's a gift so we honor you for that thank you for showing up um I want to ask now like let's learn more about Red Rocks the church like what you guys obviously you guys are making a huge impact like what are some of your your things your sweet spots your outreach focuses what makes you guys you yeah um so Red Rocks Church was built upon this idea of making heaven more crowded by being a front porch for prodigals. And so, you know, we have so much new, so many new people coming into our church each and every day, um, looking for Christ like myself, as you saw in my story, right? Like had no business ending up at a church, but um, ended up there just because something was different. 
Um, and we really pride ourselves on, on being welcoming to people no matter where they're at in their walk. Um, we always say, you know, we're just a bunch of messed up people pursuing a perfect God. And um, I think sometimes we get like a little bit of fatigue with that statement, but the whole heart behind it, right, is like, hey, we're just as jacked up as you are, but we're going to be real and authentic about our struggles, what we're going through. Um, our teaching pastors have always been very, very raw about um, what they go through from stage and from the pulpit, which I think just sets an example of, hey, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to clean yourself up to come here um, or before God in general. Um, we just want you to feel like you can come to a place to experience him and um, start your journey. And so um, that's kind of from a high level, you know, 30,000 foot view, how Red Rocks Church operates and really the lens that we see everything we do from outreach to kids rock to youth, young adults, um, you name it. Um, so it's been a, a quite a journey to see, you know, our church continue to grow. I think since 2005 is when we started um, and over the span, like 2012 to 2018, I think our church like 10 times the size or something like that. Um, and then watching through COVID as the online campus has grown to see it, you know, exponentially grow into what it is now. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. It is a big span. And I'm kind of jumping a little bit, but I want to go ahead and jump into this now. Um, you have this background in engineering. And obviously, like there is such a specific skill set and like way that you're wired to be able to come in and organize. And it, what I see at Red Rocks from my perspective is it is huge. Like you're, you're navigating a big ship but what happens somehow you are able to take like this big scale stuff and it still remains high quality through and through like the stuff you guys are posting in the moments that you're capturing it's like this it does not get watered down the bigger it gets the it seems like the more high quality it is so can we just like get in your head a little bit about like how do you guard that heart how do you bring these strategies and this thought process to the table um that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. yes, there's a lot of tangents we could go with yeah. that. For sure. I'm, I'm, you know, having that engineering background, very passionate about um, um, systems for sure. Um, but I think we've always, um, you know, had a value of excellence at our church. We want to do, we'd rather do a few things well um, than cast the net super wide and do things with, not with excellence. And so um, I think that's the foundation of everything. Um, and, and specifically when it comes to even like outreach, right? We, we had this church that, that grew um, to this massive size and we were like, okay, so how do we organize a system around that to make it very clear and easy and accessible for people to get plugged in? And so um, with my engineering background, right? I'm like, how, my, my favorite thing to do, I tutor students on the side um, is like, how do I take like a really complex topic? You'll find this in engineering school. They'll teach you all the derivatives and how to, you know, create this equation from scratch, but you really just need like the basic equation of like what comes in must come out. Um, and I try to do that with everything we do with, um, and I think feel like we do that a lot with our churches. How do we make something that's very complex, sometimes even biblically and make it really, really simple. Um, and so, you know, even specifically when it comes to, to outreach, I kind of do that same thing is how do I create um, a system where it's how do I get people who just come to our church for the first time how do I get them engaged with our church in a way um, that they may otherwise wouldn't you know you think of serving and it's like I hated serving in high school I had to do my 20 hours of community service just to check the box and I got it done but how do I get those people to experience in a way that's fun exciting engaging um, makes a difference um, and then start to mobilize people towards like what is you know the discipleship of serving really um, of like let's set 
get a bunch of people in the game and then talk about what it looks like to get involved on a monthly basis or a weekly basis and, and creating projects around that. There's a lot we could dive into with that, but that's kind of the high level. No, that's a great answer. And I would love to like zone in a little bit more just based on the questions and the thought process that you put in. So say I'm like, I'm new at Red Rocks, just like you said, and maybe I don't want to serve, but I showed up at a project. Like what is kind of like the journey that you have dreamed up for a volunteer as they go through? Like, how do I get involved? What is your hope for that person along the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of when it comes to, to outreach, we, we ask ourselves the question of, you know, like if Red Rocks Church ceased to exist, what we've made a difference. Um, and not that it's about Red Rocks, but have we truly been the hands of feeding Christ in our community? And so when someone comes in to serve, so, you know, you can serve on a weekend, you can serve in a specific ministry when you come, when it comes to outreach specifically, um, someone might, you know, find out about a project in a variety of ways. So that might be through our website, through social media, through a church service, through a friend or whatever. Um, and that's really the heart of that is, you know, thinking about like what I was saying, like a yearly, a monthly and weekly opportunities to serve. So, I might capture a lot of people in like a yearly love our city week that we do every year. Um, get a lot of people to join a bunch of their friends and serve. And that might just stir their heart of, you know, here's what it's like to get outside the four walls of our church, or here's what it's like to get together with a bunch of people um, and serve the community and hear about the heart of, you know, the organizations that we work with. Um, and then with that, you know, we'll always end, you know, event with, hey, we've got opportunities happening all throughout the year for you to get involved with, and here's how you kind of learn more. And so as we, you know, work with our organizations we work with, we always ask yourself that question of like, you know, what are the needs in our community and, and how can we meet those needs and who are organizations who are doing great work in those areas? And so we'll have projects happening consistently for people to, to really easily get involved. My hope is always like, how can I make it so the, the gap between you, you know, just sitting at home and serving is so small um, where it's really, really easy for you to jump in to experience something. Cause I know that a lot of times it's just getting your feet wet. And then you're like, I really love that opportunity to serve the homeless. How do I do that regularly? Um, and so those, those yearly opportunities to serve and then those monthly opportunities kind of push people in that direction. And then we always push people towards like, Hey, if you want to serve with that organization, weekly um here are five ways you can do that um, and so the whole idea right is just to make it as simple as possible but really cultivate um, a culture of serving i love it i love it it's brilliant and how many how many campuses like are you overseeing for outreach so we have six campuses at our church um, we have four in colorado um, and then one in Brussels, Belgium, and one in Austin, Texas. So very different cultures, very different needs um, and communities with all of those. And so the pattern that you've said of like, we're going to have this consistency that provides the structure. And then I'm guessing like you just kind of coach the campuses on how to be creative to fill in that structure, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to that idea of like looking at each campus, you know, so we'll have like a staff member that oversees each campus and saying, what are the needs of, um, for example, our Lakewood campus is close to downtown Denver. Um, a lot, you know, more of a homeless um, need in that area versus Park Meadows is more of like an affluent area. And so totally different needs. So for Park Meadows to focus on homelessness is not the correct approach. So, you know, looking at, hey, as a staff member, what are the needs in our community? 
And then how do we meet those needs and partner with organizations to do that? And then how do we mobilize the church to come alongside these organizations to really, really meet that need? And so usually it involves, you know, look, talking with organizations and being like, um, hey, what are the sticking points um, in your organization? What are, tell, just tell us about what you do, the intricacies. A lot of times, a lot of our projects come out of just random little nuggets that they share. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I do this thing on, my, on the side and I store it at home and I try to figure this out. And we're like, well, wait, tell me more about that. Um, and because a lot of times it's just those small things that really make a big difference um, with these organizations. And, and as you just develop relationship, right? We want to kind of, when you start something, everyone's to start and like go big. Um, it's like, hey, just start. It's a relationship. It's going to take years. It's going to be messy. Um, but just kind of sticking through it thick and thin and, and continuing to figure out how you can best support um, and make a difference. That's brilliant. I love it. And I love that your job, it sounds like to me, is it's really like helping your leaders learn how to see and hear with the eyes of hear, see with the eyes of Christ and hear with the, the heart of heaven. Because you're not here like to say, hey, here's here's the play, let's run it across the board. But it's like, I want to teach you to have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And that's where the beauty and that's how that high quality stuff continues to happen is because it's the Holy Spirit um, you're allowing to do his thing. So that's so powerful and so cool to me that um, you've really achieved that. I'm not like worshiping you for it, but it's just something you guys have done and y'all created a beautiful culture. Um, and I think I wrote this down too about you guys is, we talk all the time about like outreach really is kind of like it's got its own ecosystem it's like there's a lot of moving pieces there's big picture factors but there's also like you said those one little little tiny moments like you have to zoom in and you got to see like the minute stuff because that affects everything so what are some of your like philosophies as you've kind of navigated this world and brought some things um to light and really developed some stuff how do you see just some of that like how do you see the pieces working together? I guess if you could paint a picture as, because here's what I'm thinking is churches who are listening, leaders who are listening are, I'm not sure what space they're at as far as growth, but a lot of our leaders are probably growing into a larger scale setting of how do we expand? How do we sustain things? But how do we keep that culture guarded? And so just like, what are some of those consistent threads of like, this is how we keep that, um, going does that mean my questions yeah. are so yeah. rattly I can't help it I'm poetic I don't know <laughs> no I love it I love it um and it's kind of interesting that you you talk about that because that's pretty much been my my last year is as a church we always said we would give internationally but go locally and then we kind of started building you know we used to do some things you know through our sports ministry a lot and we kind of have these like one-off opportunities to serve but we never really had this concentrated effort towards serving and so january of this year they kind of created this role for me to kind of start building it out locally and then they're like why don't you take over national international and go behind bars and so um that's kind of just been my my little niche area um, of building that. And so I think it, it ultimately always starts with like knowing what your vision, mission, and values are. Um, and that can be just a reflection of what you are as a church. But I think when there's a lot of great organizations with really great hearts doing not as great outreach. Um, um, and so I think just always being really clear about like, what is it that we're doing? Because you can say yes to hundreds and hundreds of things. 
um, but find yourself like stretched super, super thin. And so we've always been about, hey, let's choose a few partners in each one of these levels, like locally, nationally, and internationally, and go really, really deep and make a big difference than go super, super wide. Um, because these are relationships, right? Um, and these are people that you're impacting. And, you know, if you're thinking internationally, these are, um, you know, a lot of countries that are going through very difficult times. And so to go in and pull out and not be consistent um, can be really detrimental. And so, I would rather have things grow really, really slow. So as a church, you know, we're seeing, you know, pre-COVID, you know, 10 plus thousand people on a weekend. Um, and then with online campus growing even more, it's easy to say, well, let's do hundreds of projects, um, you know, across the board, but we wouldn't be doing those with excellence. And so really thinking about, you know, who are those organizations that I really, really want to work with that kind of align with what are the needs of my community, right? Um, that's a huge, huge part of it. Um, I just think really getting clear about, about that and then getting clear about what you're saying yes and no to, even within that for projects. Um, Cause it's easy within an organization to, to have hundreds of projects that they're doing. Um, there's an organization I was talking to the other day that I think they said they were doing like over a hundred different events throughout the year. And so for us, even as a church, just with one organization to partner with them, um, I was like, hey, let's talk about maybe quarterly, you know, and start there. Um, steward the few things well and let that grow. Um, and then I think a lot of times with outreach too, just being, um, just thinking about what's the call to action? Um, where are we pushing people? And I've kind of this thread that I've always talked about, like the discipleship of service, but thinking about, um, where are you trying to lead, you know, your flock? Um, and so, right, as I talked about, like the yearly stuff is great, you know, the big fun rah-rah to get a lot of people involved, but I'm really hoping to get pe people involved more monthly, you know, with these projects and getting more and more church involved and getting it in front of people that this is what we do. Um, but we're always discipling people towards, hey, you can serve with any organization without us organizing a project throughout the year. And so we're always thinking, you know, talking with our organizations and saying like, hey, if we do this event with you in January, we'd love for you to get up there and express your heart your mission your vision your values what you're about but really talk about what it's like to like serve in a specific way after this event um, so maybe we were making like some kits um, you know for like a sex trafficking organization what is it like to go serve you know what are three ways you can serve with that organization so it always gives a very specific call to action um, and then the last thing I think is just being with today's day and age, you know, you're just getting inundated with information. And so how can you just make it very, very clear and concise what you're trying to do? Um, and then make it just the gap between, you know, someone getting involved and not really, really thin. So it's just like, here's a really, really practical, easy way for you to get in the game. Um, I just think, you know, just having that clear set of communication, whether it's social media or email or website or all of the above. Um, I just think that's so, so important to get in front of people. That is brilliant. I think it's such a gift to, like you said, we're inundated with information right now. I think for a lot of people, myself personally, in my own life, it can feel just overwhelming, just like the opportunities around us. Like, where do I focus? Like, I could do this. I could do that. I need to look at, I need to advocate for this problem and that. And to have like the covering of church to be able to say, as a church body, we're going to focus on these things and we're going to really together make a deep impact. Like, yes, you can advocate for other things. You can get involved, but just to like have some clarity and, and focus from our leadership, I think is such a shift. And then like you said, to make it clear the next step and the call to action is so much fun to me. Like that's an adventure for me to take. I want to take the next step. I've fallen in love with it. You 
done the work for me. I just had to jump in and, and now I just can't wait to see what's next. So I think that's brilliant um, to just be able to map it out that way for people. Um, okay. I think everyone, including myself, is on the edge of their seat to just hear a spitfire list of like, what are the outreaches y'all are doing? I, like I said, feature y'all at least once a week, if not twice or three times, I really have to hold myself back. But like, y'all are constantly doing cool stuff. God Behind Bars, Love Our City Week, Oasis Rooms, like, can you just give us like a beautiful picture of your favorite, maybe top 10 stuff? That's a lot. I could go on forever. So hold me back if I talk too long. Um, Gosh, so maybe I'll pick a couple from each area. So um, locally, right, we did do um, a Big Lover City Week each year. Um, And I kind of talked about that a bit of that's like a fun, really engaging week to to get our whole church mobilized to serve. And so um, I think we had over 20 projects um, for that. And and we hadn't done it in a couple of years. So it was good to to really reset that. And we were like, hey, let's go deeper than broader. And so I think we were able to get up to a thousand people really involved um, with that week at our church. Um, with that, um, all across the city doing projects from, you know, um, making kits to meeting with teachers and delivering school supplies um, for them to um, helping with the local schools and like renovations going into the year to like a foster system um, event that we did. Um, you name it. So it's kind of everywhere in between, but I love those kinds of events just because they're the springboard um, for just building excitement about serving. Um, And so that was like a huge one we did um, in August of this year. And then um, another one that I really loved um, locally um, was this Keepsake Kits event we did um, with Walk With Me. Um, There's this organization we work with. I'll probably talk about it later on as we go. Um, but they help moms um, and families that have lost a child right around the time of birth. And so the founders have a crazy testimony and story that they always share, Um, but they create these keepsake kits um, for the families that they go and bring them to them in the hospital that has like lactation support and print molds and little booklets of resources and support. And um, it, you know, just helps start a conversation and and develop connection and, and and really be a light in those moments where it's it's difficult. And so um, we were able to do um, a big event with that um, and have, gosh, like 125 people across two campuses kind of get involved in, in making, I think, 500 kits. And so we were just super, super blown away by, by that opportunity. And then you mentioned the Oasis Room. That was one that, you know, kind of starts with relationship and conversation, right? Like over COVID, um, medical workers are going through it. And so we were kind of thinking about how can we support them? And we started with this cart with little snacks and things just as they were you know, going on shift. How can we just, just share a little love and um, just through food and um, started identifying some additional um, rooms that they had um, and on some of their floors where they weren't using them. And so we just said, what if we renovated these rooms and put like a massage chair and a punching bag thing and then some essential um, oils, you know, with the diffuser and all sorts of random, random stuff in there, just for them to, hey, if you need a break um, during your shift, you can kind of get away into a oasis, uh, if you will. So that was a, as a cool way to, to partner with um, 
uh, St. Anthony's North Hospital in, in Thornton up here where, um, you know, we have, it's a, I believe they have a Christian base to what they're doing, but, um, you know, in the medical field, right, a lot of times it's, that's not as much of a focus. And so that was a super exciting one. Um, nationally, you talked about God Behind Bars. That's a huge, huge part of our church. Every time Sean gets up there to, to preach, we talk about it. Um, say hello to our three God Behind Bars campuses. And so uh, we started that a number of years ago. Um, but the whole idea is um, we share messages in the prisons um, and we have a volunteering team that goes in there and helps um, share those those sermons. And so they're a week behind us, but it's our the same sermon that we get. Um, and then through that, we provided a lot of different resources like life groups or aftercare when they're getting out. Um, we do some different programming for, you know, as they get out of prison um, to help them coming in church and what that's like, because it's a big, big experience. Um, so it's, it's a really cool way to, to just, you know, stand in the gap for those that, um, the, you know, like the least of these in a way where a lot of times people are thinking, you know, they're in prison, I'm not going to worry about it, but we're like, Hey, they just, they deserve the love of Christ just as much as any of us. And so just love what we've been able to do there. I think, um, there was like over, I forgot the stat, but over 200 people, I think that have accepted Christ since we've reopened, um, this past fall. Um, so just a cool, cool way to really, really meet people there. And, and with the growth of Pando is like a tablet app um, where you can show sermons that way. We've been able to connect with more and more people across um, prisons that we're in and, and we're not in. And the cool thing is we don't even have Pando in Colorado prisons. So the people that are seeing that aren't even in Colorado right now. And we're getting, you know, tens of thousands of people watching that, which is so, so cool. Um, and then internationally, um, we're, we're all about, again, just growing deeper. Um, than broader. And so um, one of the organizations we work with, Compassion International, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard, um, is a huge partner, is a partner of ours, but we kind of have this like three-pronged approach um, where compassion is, is, you know, kind of a main um, focus of where we do a lot of our um, support for children um, who are in poverty. Um, but we work with, um, as they develop these child, child development centers, um, there's a lot of different needs. And so um, Hope International's organization that we work with um, in terms of, you know, providing like financial education about savings and microfinancing and how do you buy a goat together, how that all works and, and just different things like that. Um, but those are specifically at those compassion centers. And then recently um, we helped start um, a church in Colombia with them, which was cool um, through Compassion International. Um, and then we have been able to kind of work over the years in Haiti. And so we've worked with an organization called Healing Waters. Um, and the nice thing about that is, is as we develop these little child development centers um, and different cities, we've, we've worked with, hey, how can we find some clean water solutions in those areas? And so we work with Healing Waters on, on building wells at those sites. And so one of our most recent ones in Colette, hopefully then this year, will meet like 14 to 1600 children each day. And so it's cool to kind of think about like an ecosystem of that, right? Where we're not just um, maybe sending a team once, but we're going to like make an economic, um, like huge impact um, on the entire city and community. Oh my gosh, there's so much here. There is so much here. Like, golly, how do you even process all of this on a daily basis? Like, there's yeah. so much. <laughs> I know, right? I think it's just time, time. And I think God gifts me with like a, a visual memory. And so I'll see something and I'll just, it'll stick somehow in there. But the more you're involved with stuff, the more you just get excited about it. You can't help yourself. And so, 
um, when you can like live and breathe it and you can see these places and, and impact and, and change lives, it just, I don't know, it changes everything. Yeah. Wow. You are anointed for this for sure. I wish I had a photogenic memory, not a photogenic. What's it called? What's the word? Photo Photographic. Photographic. See, I didn't even get my GED. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay. I want to ask you what there's obviously so much that goes into it, but like, if you had to pick one thing, that's like, this is what brings a smile to my face about the role that I'm in. What is like the one thing that you're just like, this is why I do what I do. Mm, great question. Um, I think it's when you can see things firing on all cylinders. So what I mean by that is it's like, when I can work with an organization um, and we identify a way to help them, and you can see their their face light up and they're like super excited about something and then you have volunteers um, that are like super engaged and like and their lives are being changed by serving and then you come you know add the extra layer of that where you get to see the impact after you've done that event um, on the people in that community um, it just like fires you up because you just think about like all of the layers of that where you're like okay I'm impacting this nonprofit that's like day in and day out doing great work, but like looking for ways to like really move the meter and, and stuck. And so how can we like step in? Um, and, you know, a lot of times when you just see that like life come out of them, we're like, this is amazing. I can see the life change. I'm, I'm super excited about what's happening. And then our volunteers just like being like, I want to serve again. How do I do this? Um, and then you, you know, well, every time you're meeting with people and seeing lives being changed, um, you know, for the people you're serving, it's just, you know, you can't put your finger on it, but it's special. And so I know it doesn't, you know, isn't one specific thing, but when you see that happening over and over again, you're just excited about what you're doing. I so get that. I, I so get that. The whole intersections thing, just like how all the layers are working together and they overlap. You're like, this must be what God had in mind. Like, this must be what he meant. It just makes sense. It's so cool. I love that. It's a great answer. Um, all right. If you could give like one testimony or story that just like sticks with you, like somebody's life that got rocked or just a moment that you always carry in your pocket, what would that be? Yeah. Um, I hate to go back to it, but it was with that organization walk with me with their keepsake kits. Um, so the, the story of it kind of starts with, we called them and we're, we're like, Hey, um, we'd love to connect and see how we work with you. And they were a big part of Red Rocks Church and have been attending for a long time. Um, and started talking with them and, and they, you know, started telling me about, you know, all the different things they do. And they were like, yeah, we, we make these keepsake kits and we, we store them in our house and we make them in addition to our, you know, our full-time jobs, you know, and keeping them in our house and like buying all these supplies and they're buying them in like, you know, little spurts as they can afford it. And so I was like, just tell me more about that and, and learning like how much of an expense it is for the organization to, to make those as well. And in addition to this time, I was like, what would it look like for us to just jump in and, and help make these just one year? Um, and so we started that and, and made, I think, 100 of them and had like 20 volunteers there. So super small event. We're like, you know what, just be obedient with what we got. And um, as they grew as an organization that next year COVID happened and destroyed everybody, of course, but we continue to kind of push through and, and did an event with them, same kind of event consistently with it and had 50 people there um, doing, I think we did like half the kits, but did a bunch of other random stuff for them. And then that following year, um, this past year is when I was talking about, we were able to do 500 kits 
with like 125 people across two campuses. So um, the cool part about that culmination of it was um, at the event um, this past year, um, one of their families, um, the husband came up and, and shared a little bit about his heart about these kits. And he said something that I won't ever forget. And he was like, you know, if my house was burning down, I would take these kits with me. That's like the first thing I would grab. And and just like putting in perspective, you know, you're thinking about all the material things and um, everything you can bring and obviously family members first, but in terms of like the material stuff you could bring, he was like, that's how important these are to me. And so to think about, you know, like the years that we, you know, even just in a three year span, um, growing that and watching them, you know, be able to get involved with more hospitals and then hearing that story is just, um, yeah, so cool. Oh, that's so special to be able to come alongside someone's dream and passion like that it is, oh, there's nothing better than seeing somebody be activated and get to come alongside and cheerlead and, and push that forward. So that is a really cool story. I love it. Um, if you could give a word of advice to our listeners, like anything just to encourage them, inspire them, what would you say? Mm, um, I think, um, just, just start, just start small. I think just being clear about when I was saying this, being clear about, but what it is you're supposed to be doing, what's your mission, what's your vision, um, and just stewarding the few things well, um, and being open-handed with it, right? Just like, okay, if this is the one project that God gave me or the one organization, or here are the resources that I have as a church, let's steward that the best we can. Let's get scrappy and, and make a big enough difference, big, big difference as we can. Um, and just continue to just be obedient with that. Um, I know it can be discouraging at times, especially in, in the season we've come in um, to be like, maybe I can't do short-term mission trips anymore. And, and our church is really focused on that. Or um, we were working with these organizations, but they're out of business or maybe the, um, the funds look differently, you know, as a church going through COVID. But um, just being obedient with whatever you're given every day, um, open-handed with it and, and God will do the rest, right? We can um, just give it to him. So good. So good. I love it. I do want to go back. Um, you keep talking about like the whole idea of going deep before going wide. And it's really wild. I'm sure she wouldn't, she wouldn't mind if I share, but my pastor's wife, we were in a small group recently and we're going on, I like, think we're a church plant going on year four, I think. Um, and she shared a word with us and it was like, I just feel like God's telling us to really focus on going deep and he'll take us wider. And ever since then, I feel like we have seen that happen and just going deeper with our partnerships, with our outreach, with our, ourselves spiritually. And it's almost like that was an obedience act. And now not, not an act, an act of obedience. And to see the way that that has carried and now the influence is changing. There has been a widening, but it's just kind of like when we devote our hearts to God in the way that you're saying and trust him and do our very best with what's in front of us. It's like, okay, I'm gonna take care of the widening part. So for our listeners, like, I think that's really important. We can get, we can feel pressure. We can feel comparison. We can be like, well, this church did like all these things and they're tackling hunger in their city and they're doing all of this. And I just feel like I got to get to that level. No, no, no. Like God has that rhythm and that system and everything in mind. Um, so I just love that you kept saying that. It's just kind of weird. Like I literally have written that phrase so many times. We've talked about it so much and it's crazy, um, but really cool. God's doing something. Um, okay. 
I'm going to throw in a bonus question. Well, there's one more question, but I'm throwing in another one. Okay. I have to ask, what are y'all doing for holidays? Everybody's kind of starting to think about that, um, getting ready for Thanksgiving, Christmas. Do y'all have anything traditionally planned? Anything different this year? What's up? Yeah, um, we always do Operation Christmas Child each year, which I'm sure a lot of um, you know churches do. Um, we've gotten creative with it this year um, and just trying to figure out how can we really engage our youth ministry? Um, I know there's like a Barna study that came out about um, the future of missions and, and talking a little bit about that. But um, one thing that that really has stood out to me with our, our youth generation is this, that they really want to change and influence the world. And so how can we like empower them to do that? And so we're going to try and do some creative things of, hey, what if we just take a hundred boxes, grab our student leaders and our youth ministries and pull up at Target and say, hey, you know, each of you take five and go fill them up. Um, just a small way to like get a, you know, a sixth grader, you know, middle school student who just has no idea what he's, he or she is in for um, to go serve and talk about like, hey, what is this, you know, this one box going to the ends of the world to meet a kid and, and the material need is great, right? But um, it's a spiritual need that's, you know, that transcend everything. And so that's the opportunity of each one of those boxes is to share the gospel. Um, so that's like a small one. And then over Christmas, we always do a ton of like Christmas present wrapping events for, for foster children. I know we've, we're trying to um, grow this one event we did with um, an organization called Chila House in our area to do like 1500 presents this year. Um, we'd love to deliver them to the families. Um, and so we're trying to figure out ways with that of how can we just be more intentional and in, in, in relationship with that. Um, and not just thinking about, again, like the, the physical need, but the spiritual need as well. Um, and then the last one, I'm super excited about this um, Dream Center. I'm sure there's a lot of them across the country, but our Denver Dream Center is doing an event um, with uh, basically they, they rent out Coors Field, which is our baseball field for the Rockies. Um, they have families come in and you can basically donate or adopt a family if you want. Um, you buy them their Christmas presents and you meet them in person. Um, and so there's this big event, Lowe's comes in and does some building stuff and they need like a thousand volunteers for it. Um, and so just super excited to just like really mobilize our church to, to try and meet the needs of, um, you know, some of those, um, especially during the holiday season. Um, so those are just some of the few things, but I'm, I'm always open and, you know, open hand with ideas. You never know what happens as the holidays that's Sorry, I put you on the spot. I was like, if I don't ask this questions, my listeners are going to be very frustrated. I was like, put them on the spot. It might be a secret. I don't know. But that that's fun. I really love the um, Operation Christmas Child is a really fun one. I think it's so smart how you're always thinking like those intersections. How do I get, how do I like layer upon it? That's so smart to get the youth involved. It's fun. I got my toddler involved last time. He was stealing all the toys, but it was a blast. <laughs> it's a great serve. Okay, last question. Recommend something for us. I know we got Four Sigmatic. Coffee is a must. Other than that, what should we be reading or listening to? How do we get in your head a little? Hmm, I was thinking about this one a little bit, and it's super cliche, but I have to say just getting in the word. And I know that like you could give me another book or podcast or sermon, but I think with how much information we're just inundated with, and, you know, just as, you know, pastors um, like myself, but how can we really, really get rooted in the word and what it says um, and living that out, especially when it comes to, you know, being spiritual leaders in our communities and our church. And 
Um, totally cliche answer, but that'd be my number one go-to. But I am a huge Matt Chandler fan and a huge John Mark Homer fan. So um, if you're into any of those, my life has been changed by both of them. Had a crazy bad experience with Matt Chandler where I ruined my my celebrity moment, but that's for another day. So <laughs> we need to have a podcast number two just to get that story out. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Great advice. It's, you can never be reminded of that enough. Just hunger for God's word. It's it's everything. Um, okay, so I know it's at Red Rocks Outreach on Instagram. Yep. Um, are you on Instagram? How else should we be following or getting in touch? All that fun stuff. Yeah, I'd say um, redrocksoutreach.com is our, our website. And then at Red Rocks Outreach for social is probably the best ways to get in touch with us. And then if you have any questions, you can always email us um, that's just outreach at redrockschurch.com. Perfect. Okay. Any Anything else that I forgot to ask or anything else you want to leave us with? No, no. I'm just, just thankful for, for you and everything you're doing to try and um, just start a conversation around this. Um, I did something like this with Flatirons Church. I'm with a bunch of pastors in the area, and I can't tell you how rewarding it was to just start having conversations and, and starting to be the church together, um, like one unified body with many parts. And so just thank you for, for being obedient with, you know, this time. And I'm sure COVID has also brought a lot of challenges and, and Zoom calls like this to, to continue to get people together. But it's fun to um, do life with others outside of the, the state and in different churches. So thank you. Truly proud of me. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. It has been fun. It's been an honor. And yeah, we look up to you and we're just, we're so inspired. So thank you guys for all that you do. Um, all right, listeners, thank y'all so much for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Serve Through. Have a good week. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for joining in on today's conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe to see who we'll be having coffee with next time on the Serve Brew.